Please welcome to the podcast, very special guest. He's had quite the pro career so far, also a local Cambridge boy, uh, Jake Dodgkin. How's it going, man? Uh, it's, it's going. I mean, uh, 2020 isn't uh, exactly ideal here, but it's going. <laughs> For sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, so currently, how's, how's everything going? Obviously, next season's quite the question mark, uh, like the AHL is going to go, even NHL doesn't really know what's going on, so... What have you heard and how has it been mentally for you? Because it's been pretty tough for a lot of the guys we've had on and me, myself, it's been pretty tough mentally. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, I guess it's a tough answer, you know, it's, in in some ways it's, I'm very fortunate to have, you know, had the years pro that I, I've had under my belt and, you know, that's set me up uh, financially just to be all right and, um, you know, comfortable in the situation we're going through right now. So, um, you know, it's a bit stressful and whatnot, just the unknown, but at the same time through all that, trying to look at positives, you know, I get to spend some extra time with my wife and she's pregnant right now due in January. So, um, you know, just get to spend that extra time and be around for that, you know, this part of the pregnancy, which, half of the month I would have been gone for usually had it been a normal season. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a strange year. It's, it's weird. I would have much rather have been playing right now, but you know, blessing in disguise, I guess, for being able to be here throughout the whole pregnancy and, you know, experience that and be able to be here for my daughter when she comes. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a shitty year, but, or a bad year but at the same time you know it's it's somewhat a little a little blessing for me i guess for sure yeah that's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a unique experience right like spending way more time than you like whatever with family or stuff like that and um even like talking to matt like you've been working with him at, at snipe academy has has that going yeah it's it's good i mean um i grew up uh like matt said i came grew up in cambridge um small town just outside Cambridge called Glen Morris. And okay, yeah. uh, I actually had Nate Harrington who uh, runs Snipe there, has a big role in Snipe. Uh, he was my coach growing up in AAA hockey in Cambridge. So, you know, it's, uh, he, he actually sent me a message and wanted to know if I, I, I knew anybody that would have been interested in the role and just so happened to be right timing that, you know, hockey wasn't on schedule and, I was getting bored at home, so I said I'd come out, and for sure, it just keeps trickling from there. So, awesome. What was your minor hockey experience like in Cambridge? Um, I, you know, growing up, I mean, as you get older, you you look back on your your younger years, and you know whether that was junior B or minor hockey, and going through those times, you always want the next best thing or even right now right like i want the next best thing what's going to be the next thing for me but um you know it looking back on it uh, it was awesome um hockey was a blast um not that it's not now but you know it's more of a job now so um Mm. just like everybody's job it wears on you a bit at times and um you know, luckily, I, I enjoy going into the rink every day and being able to put my skates on and do what I do. So, exactly. Uh, like I said, Cambridge was what uh, 
you know, kind of rounded me into the player I am now and kind of put me in the direction and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. So you uh, went through the OHL draft and this is a common question we have. And uh, you went, uh, what was that, 2010-ish? 2010, yeah. 2010 draft, is that right? <laughs> I, I think so. Around so, there, yeah. Okay, around there, around there, so... Um, we don't really know how if you're ranked highly in minor midget or whatever, but how was that whole day for you? Were you expecting to go somewhere and how did it end up going? Um, it was, I mean, awesome day. It's a day I'll remember, you know, for the rest of my life. I was with my, with my old man and actually uh, another Cambridge boy I played hockey with at the time, uh, Corey Genovese and his dad out on the golf course. And, um, didn't didn't even pay attention to the draft um you know we were out on the course early and i forget what time the draft started but i think we ended up getting home for my my pick and we walked in and it was like boom boom basically like couldn't have worked out any better but um yeah i mean kind of leads into the nhl draft too but just being able to spend that time with your family and loved ones close close people to you and share those moments and you know those those life goals it, it was pretty special and um you know looking back at it now that was just the start of it all but um definitely something that i'll remember yeah that's crazy it's such a big stepping stone for sure and like the age that you're at too you feel like you're like on the top of the world about right so that for be, sure there's there's cool. definitely like you're walking around <laughs> yeah, I, I even make the ohl my first year and i just remember being at school and thinking oh yeah i'm an <laughs> ohl guy now and yeah. all that. What, what school are you uh at the time i was drafted i actually was at southwood because i played hockey there for okay. literally yeah, yeah. one semester but then i went back to paris the following year so oh paris okay we, yeah. we also do we're right by glenn morris Oh yeah, you guys are right there, right near Duncan Mac. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good. I, I like that side of Cambridge. Like, I mean, I grew up there, had a lot of buddies on that side, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, for sure. So then you ended up playing Cambridge Winterhawks, sixteen-year-old year. Um, uh, that's some. Uh, we've had a couple guests who played in Cambridge, sixteen-year-old uh, year recently. Nolan Forster last year and. Ben McFarland the year before, and they both played for the Storm. They've been on the podcast before. Um, how how awesome was that? That was back when it was the Winterhawks, obviously. Um, obviously, you want to play in the OHL, but how awesome was that experience playing in Cambridge? They got such a good fan base. Yeah, uh, I mean, I tell this story, actually, quite a bit, I feel. But, you know, I, I was 16 years old. I was drafted by Owen Sound. I went to Owen Sound to their training camp, thought I had a really good camp. Um, but that was the year that Owen Sound ended up winning the OHL. So they were stacked with stacked with talent. They, they made trades. like So anyways, I thought I had a good camp. Cohen, see the GM, he said to me, you know, we could keep you as a seventh, sixth guy, but we want you to go get your playing time and I remember that was the first like hockey team that I was cut from. So I was devastated. Like remember walking out of the rink, just thinking like, what the heck just happened? All that, like didn't really know what was next. Um, the only thing I knew for sure was I was coming back to Cambridge and, um, 
that year that we uh, that I was with Cambridge, I didn't necessarily want to be there because we weren't a great team. But um, you know that was uh, my home center, and I think they've changed the rules a bit now. But I couldn't get a release from Cambridge back then, and oh really? I wanted to go to Elmira, um, but it, anyways, it didn't work out. I ended up playing for Cambridge. Grew up like playing minor hockey there, so always. Saturday night or whatever, you'd go check out the Winterhawks game. So it was pretty cool still being a part of that. And although we weren't great, um, you know, being down at Galt Arena on a Saturday night at seven with a, a decent crowd in there was was pretty cool for sure. Um, but I, looking back on all that too, if I hadn't have come back to Cambridge, I don't think I would have developed the way that I did. And you know, I got a lot of ice time, a lot of playing minutes, played against the top lines in Junior B. And, um, you know, that next year when I went back to Owen Sound, I just I felt more confident mentally, physically. Uh, I felt stronger as a person, um, felt just more confident in my game and um, yeah. went back and felt different as a player. Um, and just stemming from that confidence, it, uh, you know, helped me make the team that second year. Yeah, that's that's always the best thing. Like if you for me, like um, like playing in passports, if you have that confidence, like your your skills just back it up. Right. And like it seems like you're probably stuck, but that's probably, you know, like the best thing. Like even even like when I went to uh, like the Winterhawks games, like it's just such a big like the Gold Arena, like good atmosphere. So I'm sure it turned out to be pretty good. For sure. One of the best in junior B, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, definitely known. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure it is. So you end up going to Owen Sound and you, you play that year and then you get drafted by Tampa Bay in sixth round. That that must be a huge deal. And uh, there's we have a lot of questions about that. But uh, what I want to know is, like, how quick does that happen? Two years later, you get drafted to the OHL. Two years later, it's the NHL draft. Yeah, it, it was pretty quick, to be honest, because – you get into that first year and like I said, I wasn't, I didn't make it my 16 year old year. So I'm in my rookie year as a 17 year old, all of a sudden in my draft year, um, you know, so it's definitely a quick jump. And I mean, unless you're that natural first round skill, you're not getting that two years of exposure. So, um, you know, it's a bit of, taking a risk, I guess, in the sixth round at that point when they picked me, but also, I guess, having some scouts that you trust for those late round picks. And I remember that NHL draft, just like the OHL draft, it was family, friends, close, you know, everybody there that I wanted there and knew I wasn't going to the in the first round, but we went and watched the first round in the arena and whatnot. I suited up just in case never know <laughs> yeah so we were there watching didn't happen go back uh had a couple beers with my dad actually that night to calm the nerves a bit and woke up the next morning i think the next like the second round started at 9 or 10 a.m so we were sitting there for a good chunk of the day and you know was, i had talked to tampa bay and a couple other teams i was I honestly thought if I was to put money on it, it was going to be Pittsburgh of where after all my interviews and everything, that's where I was okay. confident 
series. And, you know, Pittsburgh went by in the fourth and fifth round. And I had talked with Tampa a few times, but I was more confident in Pittsburgh and came to Tampa in the sixth. And I just remember hearing from the Owen Sound attack, and then it went all just just a big blur. Um, my next thought, you know, I'm, I'm hugging my family and my mom's crying. I'm trying to <laughs> not cry because she's crying. And then I'm walking down to the arena floor just thinking, you know, don't trip, don't trip down <laughs> the stairs. And it's, it's crazy that at that moment, that was my biggest concern, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, it was, a, like I said before, it's a day I'll remember for the rest of my life. And a day that I'm sure my family will remember um, too. And as as much as, you know, that day was about me and whatnot, it was an awesome day for my, my parents also. You know, they've been through the ride with it, through the whole, whole, whole way with me. And for them to be able to experience that also, it was uh, pretty special. So. Oh, yeah. Hard work. Yeah, the hard work you put in definitely must have paid off, right? So. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. So one, one quick question. Sorry, Keith. Uh, what was something, and this is something we haven't really asked, what was something on draft day or in the whole NHL draft process that you did not expect to happen that kind of caught you by surprise? Oh. I know it's a bit of a tricky question. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I guess the biggest surprise to me, you know, once I went down to the arena floor, I did some pictures and some media scrums and, you know, just I talked with Steve Eisenman, shook his hand um, as soon as I went down to get my jersey and kind of everybody around the table. And, um, you know, they were great, great to me. And, um, uh, you know, once once I was done all that media stuff, all the pictures and whatnot, there's a, a girl leading me upstairs, you know, saying my family's going to be upstairs waiting in Tampa's box and whatnot. So. Once I got up there, there was, you know, a few draft picks that their families are up there too in their certain boxes with their teams. And I walked in and my dad had a beer and in this box. And, you know, we've met, met a couple more people through management and whatnot. And he was just sitting there having a beer with uh, Pat Verbeek. And I walked in, I'm like, well, holy shit, like... <laughs> I can't have a beer right now. Like these are the guys I'm going to be working for. Hopefully I can't be drinking in front of them. I was 18 years old and I don't know. So that was probably the biggest surprise. Just me poking in and seeing Papper Beak and, you know, oh, a couple of the management just having a beer with my dad shooting the shit. So um, that, that was, I guess, the biggest surprise of it all other than, you know, actually being drafted. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Glad I asked that question. Yeah. yeah. And Tampa's a, like a, I know we wanted to touch on this too, but like Tampa wasn't just like a regular old team. Like they just won the past year as well, the NHL Cup. So like, what was it like having such a stacked team to look forward to? Yeah. There was was, a bunch of big names. It was, it was good for sure. You know, when I first, when I was first drafted there, they weren't, um, or I think it, no, I was with the organization when they ended up losing to Chicago in the playoffs the first time to the cup yeah. final. Um, and then it was maybe the next year or the year after that I kind of made my entrance. But um, 
yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like I said, that that first person I got to meet was Steve Eiserman. Um, grew up watching him, so to be able to you know shake his hand and yeah. meet him in and that was pretty special. And then, like you said, the list just went on from there. Steve, like Stamkos was there, um, Palat, Johnson, Hedman. You know they they've grown a bit since I was drafted for sure, and added some pretty big pieces. Um, Braden Point came after me. Um, Pointer's awesome. Like we basically grew up in the system together. He was in Syracuse for I don't know half a year maybe, but we hit it off pretty good, and we're still pretty good buddies to today. So, um, but yeah, it was once I made the and cracked the lineup. You know, it was, I got called up. I remember I was called up and uh, I had to go to Arizona and we played in in Syracuse that day. So I had to take the red eye to Anaheim that night. And they were in Anaheim. My first game was in Arizona, but they were in Anaheim. I went to Anaheim, took warm up that first night, but ended up being scratched. And then two games later is when I played in Arizona and, um, it was it was just a whirlwind. Like I go from you know being there, getting scratched, thinking I'm going to be sent back down in a couple of days when Jason Garrison got over his sickness. Yeah. Uh, getting in the lineup, playing well, getting a second game in Chicago, playing really well, and then getting a another game in Florida, and um, Strawman ended up being injured for a couple shifts and. I played with Hedman and they, they didn't change it for a year and a half later after that. So, um, it's crazy how things work and how you run with them. But, um, you know, it was for sure. It was pretty cool. The star studded lineup, like you said, coming into it. Um, but once you get playing and stuff, it's, they're just other guys out there playing the same game you're playing. So that's pretty cool. Um, it, it is cool. It was cool. I mean, I still, Still to today's think Stammer is pretty freaking good at hockey, you know. So um, I did did what I could with him and took the knowledge I could, I guess, from him. And still doesn't go into my game today, but we work on it. Now, I had a touch on, like, you're, you're talking about, you know, you're taking flights and all that. Like, how did you find the traveling, like, like at the very start? For sure, it's I, – I, I don't know. It's <clears> – <throat> It's nice because obviously you got the, you know, your, your jet as a team and it's just you guys on there. And, um, you know, playing in the American League, I've played in San Diego where you fly basically everywhere except for Ontario. I've played in Texas where you fly everywhere except for playing against Austin, Texas, which is a Stars team. And I've played in Syracuse where you bus everywhere. So right. Syracuse is more like the WHL where it's a bit tougher because you're grinding out the bus hours, but it's nice because you're in right after the game, you get in the bus and you go home or yeah. you get in the bus and you go somewhere else. You know, you don't need to stay and wait for the next morning, get up early, catch a flight. Exactly. So that kind of, I I say to people for the American League, I would much rather prefer being in the East than the West. Flying is nicer, it's quicker, but I hate traveling for flying. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, the NHL, it's a complete different ballgame. Like, 
your bus takes you right to the bottom of the steps. You walk right up into the plane, right? Like barely touch the tarmac, walk right onto the plane. You got a freaking buffet of finger food waiting (laughs) on your way back to your seat. Once you're about ready to take off, the flight attendants clean all that up, and then you they hand you a menu of like three different kinds of main course meals no that way. are usually like pretty tasty for plain food. And then you you know you have a couple beers on the plane or a glass of wine or whatever you want. I'm a big Sprite guy sometimes, so a nice Sprite <laughs> clenches the thirst, you know. There you go. Um, but it uh, that. All that being said, too, you're in like a lazy boy chair in the plane. Yeah. You get there the night before most times, you know. So maybe you get there at 2.33 in the morning, but you're in a bed that night, still waking up like a normal next day to go play a game. So travel's definitely easier in the NHL, although you're switching time zones and stuff. But yeah, it's just way easier on your body and the travel and – it's it's way better. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it sounds like a dream. Yeah, it it definitely is a dream. It's it's uh, it was everything I thought it would be for sure. So, mm-hmm. and um, your first year in the AHL, um, well, there's a couple with um, we want to see, like how hard was it for you to adjust? Was it that an easy jump for you? Was that a difficult jump for you? But you also had some pretty cool names. Uh, like Jonathan Marchessault, uh, I don't know, I might have butchered that name, Nemestikov and Yanni Gordon. Obviously, Marchessault, is that how you say Marchessault? Marchessault? Yeah, Marchessault. He's had quite the success with Vegas and stuff, so what's it like seeing him move on? But then what's it like jumping into uh, some pretty big names in your first year in the AHL, and how hard of adjustment is that? Yeah, it was, I, I don't know, it, it was a little... It was tough. Um, it was different. You know, I went from living with a billet, basically being took care of anything I needed. I got given to me, basically, to anything I needed, I now needed to go do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the on-ice stuff, I would say, you know, that stuff, always when you get to a new level, it, it takes a couple couple practices, a couple games to feel more comfortable and whatnot. So... I would say that that part of it was normal in the transition. I'd say the biggest part of it for me was getting to live on my own. And, you know, I, I still had roommates, but we were three, three, 19 going on to 20 year old boys that, you know, first time living together and, or away from, I guess, grown ups. you know, yeah. uh, we had to plan our own meals and make our own food kind of, own pre-games, all that stuff, all that little stuff that you kind of take for granted until you got to do it your, yourself. And um, I'd say that it was more of the off-ice part of the transition that was tougher for me. Um, the game itself, it's like I said, once you get out there, you 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 just turn into a hockey player, right? You adapt and, um, you know, if it's quicker, you pick up the pace a bit and have a bit quicker shifts and, whatnot until you get more comfortable like I said so the biggest thing for me was definitely the off ice um but I will say the transition on ice was easier to the NHL than it was from the OHL to the AHL okay 
it was easier transition from the AHL to the NHL just for the fact that, you know, guys were always where they needed to be. Yeah. I took yeah. A, going back for a puck, like a guy dumps a puck on me. I know my centerman or my D is, they're always talking to me for one. Mm-hmm. And I know my D's either calling for a bump behind the net or my center's calling for like a soft pocket just behind that guy and he'll skate into it type thing. So I'd go in, I'd take a quick look, I'd see that my two guys were behind me or they weren't. And then without, then I'd make my decision there, right? I don't even have the puck yet. My decision's made. Yeah. Quick little dump pass like to the side of us, center skates in, it looks beautiful breakout. But it was just so easy, right? Mm-hmm. So just guys are just where they need to be and everything like that. If someone's out of position, they're getting in shit, right? It's not everybody. It's that one guy. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your first two seasons, you had 114 and 120 pins in the AHL. And was, was that something you were trying to do, making it your game? And were, were you fighting a lot then? or? Oh yeah, I was I was kind of dumb back then, to be honest. Um, I actually had uh, when I first my first full season in the NHL. It kind of set me back. I had a fight against Michael Haley, and he was you know he's not a very big guy by any means, but he's so technically sound and has fought so many times. Like knows the little. When I go to throw, he it's all the little weird stuff that he's technically so good about. Yeah. And I'm more of like a guy that I like to do it to either fire the boys up for the right reasons, or, you know, maybe we're getting beat up pretty bad on the scoreboard or taking it to us in the game, whatever the reason I don't, I don't go out and look for it and be like, Hey, like let's go off the draw type stuff, but you know, I'll get angry or whatever. And, Usually I just, my mind takes me places. So yeah, that, that, uh, fight against Haley, he, um, he knocked me out. I don't think he knocked me out fully, but I was seeing stars for sure. And just white room and we were playing in Florida at the time. So that kind of set me back. But those first couple of years in the, in the, uh, AHL, I was, our coach at the time, he was a big rug, like used to play uh, Rob Zettler and he was a rugged D man in his day. So he loved the way I played. And, um, you know, just that rookie guy, I was trying to make a name for myself and right. also, you know, trying to be a good teammate a lot too. And, you know, it just for, you know, how much I fought, I didn't mean for it to be this way, but it built, relationships through the organization and my teammates like crazy and they loved it so you know I knew they loved it so I loved it so I kept doing it and um like I said I was never out there and squared up with a guy let's go (laughs) I have but it takes like I got to be pretty pissed off to do that and not overthinking and all that stuff. There's a time and place, I guess I should say. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure it definitely like builds character too, right? Like, like it fighting is always a controversial kind of topic and in hockey, like some people have different views on it, but I I feel like if, you know, like it can benefit if, you know, you do it, if it benefits your team and like sometimes like it puts yourself in a higher position too, because you're such a physical player. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. And a big thing, 
John Cooper loved it too. So, yeah, I mean, if I didn't have those types of seasons leading up to that third year when they called me up, I don't know if I would have got called up, you know, because there was my two roommates. We all played in the OHL, all came into the league at the same time. There, one was a Tampa's first rounder. My other roommate was their second rounder, and I was the sixth rounder. Mm. So they should technically be getting called up before me, and Cuckoo did. But Blue just should have technically been up before me. And, you know, I thought we played pretty similar ways, but I had that edge and he didn't. And Mm. I still think that that was the reason they gave me the call, you know. So cool. It just depends, and it could have been different, right? If they needed a skilled, more skilled D-man, then maybe it was Blue just that got the call, right? Yeah. So like, everything happens for a reason, I guess. For sure, absolutely. And so uh, we've been asking about a lot of names, but I, I we have to ask just because obviously they just won the Cup and talked about Cooper, but also, like, you're jumping in the NHL and you're playing with Kucherov, Stamkos, Drouin, Point, Hedman, uh, two, three years before they went end up winning the cup, but they were they've been Tampa Bay's been a solid team for five years now. And how was it was it hard not to get starstruck at at start? Uh for sure. Um, I I told that story about going to Anaheim. Um, I ended up getting in at like I want to say three a.m. Pacific time um, to my hotel and pretty sweet it was my own room and you know when you're in the american league you're sharing with a roommate so that was another perk to the nhl but um yeah i remember waking up that next morning and we have you know you have your breakfast down in the lobby and in a little meeting room and whatnot and um we had a little video meeting after breakfast so i'm like pacing around my room like and i've met these boys before right like at camp and whatnot but never never in season and never as a team like this so i was pacing back and forth in my room like ah like just get down there it must be so nerve-wracking it was for sure and um you know again i think i was in my head a bit more because you know like once you get to know the guys and whatnot you know how they're thinking with new guys and whatnot right so i was definitely overthinking it but I was definitely pacing in my room, like took me a few minutes to finally gear up and head downstairs. And once I did, I was, I remember maybe that first week in the NHL, I would talk on my phone and that was the only time I'd talk. So (laughs) it was, it was definitely a bit nerve wracking, but at the same time, you're, you're there to play hockey. And once you get on the ice and you're playing, all those guys and you know their how good they are and their stardom and all that it disappears because mm-hmm. you're battling in the same 200 foot sheet of ice that they are and they got to get around me to put the puck in the net so yeah i'm sure just realize i looked at it realize there's people too right like you just get comfortable and so exactly. I, I have to ask is how was your your first experience getting a goal in the nhl how it like we're slowly wrapping up here but that's one of the questions we have to bang out. How was like the feeling, your mindset afterwards, and like how did that prove the emotions? Yeah, it was um, it was pretty uh, one of those days again that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Um, we were on a West Coast uh, road swing, 
Um, so that was pretty cool on its own because, um, like I said, when I got called up, they were at the end of their Western swing. So they were in Anaheim where I got scratched and then in Phoenix where I played. But this time I got to go actually play in, you know, San Jose, LA, Anaheim, yeah. Arizona, Vegas, all that. So we were on that trip. And so that was pretty cool alone just to be on that trip, seeing California and whatnot. And um, I think it was the, yeah, it was the first, first game of the trip in San Jose we were and you know it was a 10 o'clock game so I'm thinking like uh, my parents aren't going to be able to watch like not many people are going to be watching this one whatever like just go out have a good game I ended up playing really well that night but I remember just we were we were all over them that night too but we were up one nothing I think I could be completely wrong about the score too it could have been zero zero but we were buzzing on a shift and it was point Gord and I think Palat and they were working a really good cycle and generating some good shots and whatnot. And so, like I said, they were having a good down low shift. So that started drawing the, the wingers covering the D down a bit more into the slot because of how much they were, you know, penetrating the slot and getting it to the net. So anyways, all the guys claps, there's like, not a scramble in front, but everybody seems to be in front and then it moves corner to corner. So everybody shifts. I ended up walking in and a pass came out, but kind of was made to go cross ice, but hit a guy and came right to me. Yeah. And I was just walking down at the perfect time. And usually I don't pick spots and I just shoot it as hard as I can. But <laughs> this one, for whatever reason, I was thinking just hit it as hard as you can and keep it on the ice and, I got got all of it, and I remember it sliding five hole on Jones, and oh no way, went and jumped into the glass, and Pointer <laughs> and Palat, Headman and Gordo all came up and were freaking face washing me and giving That's me wet sweet. willies, doing whatever they could. <laughs> it sick. was it was pretty it was pretty sweet for sure. I ended up getting uh, like player of the game for our, like little team award there that night and everything, and yeah. Uh, night to remember for sure that's pretty cool that's and we already had a pretty good uh rookie party and we uh you had to spend some dough on that too <laughs> i did uh we were lucky well i was lucky enough as long as or as well with the other rookies that were rookies when i was a rookie that we got to have our party in vegas and you know we had a pretty good time we we uh played in colorado and it was like a Saturday night, I think, in Colorado, and it was a six o'clock start, weird time start. I don't know why it was, but Vegas was an hour behind their time. So we played Colorado, ended up winning in overtime, um, jumped right on the flight, went right to Vegas. I think it was like a 50-minute flight. Got to Vegas, jumped on the bus, went right to our hotel. And um, from there, you know, Stammer said to everybody, you know, 20, 25 minutes, be in the lobby. We're going to go, go do what we're doing. So everyone's meeting in the lobby. We jump on like, it's a party bus, but not like really a party bus. Like <laughs> it was, but it didn't have like all the Bud Light and beers, all that <laughs> stuff on it. Yeah. Um, it was a short ride. So it was just our ride to the, to the casino club we went to. I can't remember what one it was called, but. Um, we went in actually and go into this big, like 
cathedral room. And then 10 minutes later, like not even like we had beers and stuff waiting. So we go in and start having some beers and sitting around talking. And then 10 minutes later, like this huge cloud of like smoke comes down from the ceiling and like all these like flashing lights and shit start going <laughs> and chain smokers starts paying and everyone in this room, cathedral room starts going nuts. And it was, it was pretty cool party for sure. Um, I remember getting home, I think at like 6am that next morning and thinking it was maybe like two o'clock still in the morning, like just pumping <laughs> just pumping us full of oxygen that we weren't feeling it. So, um, but it was good. Uh, it was a two nighter rookie party. So the second night we went and did the dinner portion of it. Nice. And, um, that's when, yeah, we, we had to pay some money for our rookie rookie dues and everyone does it. So it was just my year to do it. There you go. Yeah, that's a pretty good story. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the whole time you're like, this is the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh def like it's it's I I wish I could share all the stuff, but <laughs> no, yeah. definitely we uh we understand. Yeah. So ending up in uh San Antonio last year, there's always something going on there too. And I know Matt mentioned uh, with the Spit and Chicklets guys too, they mention a lot of time that San Antonio is a really cool place to play for the AHL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, that they sold and moved now and they're no longer because um, it was such a good spot in the AHL, one of the better cities, I'd say, to travel. Um, but yeah, Texas was awesome. I, I loved it. Um I'm a big, big country music fan. So, you know, I got down in Texas and brought my cowboy boots with me. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I had, had some good Southern fun and it was good. There was, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's America compared to here, I guess, but just the things they have going on, right? Like they had the rodeo going on in San Antonio and yeah. every night there was like a, a known singer performing and throughout the day they had a bunch of like bull riding a bunch of like little rodeo things going on that was awesome to check out that'd be sick um, yeah. you know I, I again i was lucky enough to play in tampa and san diego so um san antonio was just another warm place for me but being able to golf every well when i wanted that was awesome again um and then honestly like just from playing in Canada, like battling the years in the OHL and, you know, even the few years in Syracuse, just to be in that warm weather and, you know, where the sun's shining rather than it's gray outside, you know, it just brings you that much more. Like you, you just feel alive, I guess, yeah, more. You, you, feel, know, like you more. feel like it's summertime and you're ready to go do things rather than, oh, I got to do this today or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it was more it was more enjoyable for that for sure and you know the patio beers are never bad <laughs> and so last, last question wrapping up is um what's what's your future like what's next for you obviously you got your daughter coming which is <laughs> congratulations on that uh, but hockey wise what's next and um what do you what are you looking to do what are you looking to get better at well I, I don't know what's really next. Sorry if there's a little echo here. I had to 
plug my phone in, but oh, good. Um, I'm not too sure what's next. Um, you know, there's been, I've been sniffing around Europe a bit, um, seeing if there's, you know, what there is there. Um, and there's been a few things that, you know, have kind of sparked some interest to me, but you know, again, with the kid coming, it's just such a weird year for things and whatnot. So the immediate future, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I, I do think I'm going to be playing hockey still where I, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my, although I, I want to figure out hockey and, you know, get that unknown feeling into a known feeling type thing. Also, you know, as much as this should be hindering my mind and stuff, it's not right now because I have my daughter on my way and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's the main goal and, it's been it again it's been nice because i've been able to be here but also be able to experience kind of every step of it too and whatnot so you know that's my my focus right now and um until something comes along and i think something will but you know hockey needs to get back on track itself right now so um until then we'll see and until then we'll keep working at snipe and if the sends get going again i'll i'll start teaching mules a lesson or two (laughs) well thanks so much for coming on good luck with your daughter and we're all rooting for you here i appreciate it boys thanks for having me and uh keep doing what you fellas are doing yeah i appreciate it really good to talk thanks again all right fellas take care yeah you You too. too see you later thanks dodge